to It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves. And today I'm hoping to have an insightful show that may evoke conversation. So I definitely encourage you if you feel compelled um, to reach out. I would love to hear your experiences. So let's start with some black excellence. Today I wanted to highlight Crystal and Kid Fury, who are the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts to read. I listen faithfully to the podcast and now they've created a show that stems from the podcast and it airs on the Fuse Network. It's currently airing on Friday nights at 11. You So far, it's two episodes in. So next week will be the third episode. You can also watch it on Amazon, I believe, as well as YouTube. I usually watch it um, on YouTube. So I definitely encourage you to, if you don't already, check out the podcast or check out the show and support it. Um, I, I think the platform that they've built is just phenomenal, especially if you're in the podcast world. Uh, you know that it's not easy to build a brand in the way they have. So I definitely want to celebrate them because it's pretty amazing to see and definitely needs to be acknowledged. I also wanted to advise, if you haven't already, please go out to YouTube. I think it's on Vivo and watch um, Missy Elliott's new video for Drift Demeanor. First of all, this was actually my favorite song that was on Iconology. It thumps for for one. And two, um, the video is classic. So I definitely want you to check out Missy Elliott's new video as well. So today I wanted to spend some time and talk some new music. My current favorite new CDs are Summer Walker, Over It. I'm actually surprised that I really enjoyed the CD. Um, I haven't listened to much of any of her music at all. So this was actually my first time listening to it. And I checked it out because I saw a statistic on her music being, I think it beat out Beyonce's Lemonade um, for her stream. So I wanted to see what was all the hype about. And I actually really love the CD. At first I listened to the features and then I really got into the CD and it's pretty good. I, I really do like it. My other CD that I'm listening to right now is Fantasia Sketchbook. I've always been a fan of uh, Fantasia and now she's independent. So uh, I watched a few interviews where she was just talking about her journey, which was amazing. And also just seeing that you can tell in this CD that she's actually living her truth and she's doing the music that she wants to do. And then this CD is really good. It's almost comparison to her first two CDs that she ever came out with. Cause those were really good CDs too. And I think this one is on the same level of, of that C of those two CDs as well. My other two CDs that I'm listening to right now is Mahalia, Love and Compromise, and Sir, Chasing Summers. I'm really enjoying Sir CD as well. So I'm really excited because a lot of this music was really unexpected. So I'm really happy to have all these. Also for my rap fans, Cash Doll. And if you follow Cash Doll and her journey, um, even if you don't listen to rap music, and I don't listen to much rap, but I did listen to her CD. I haven't got fully, uh, I haven't finished it fully. But it just came out a few days ago. But she um, was an ex-stripper that actually had a lot of promise. And she was pretty popular in 2017. And she came out with this song that, that hit pretty pretty big. And so she signed with someone that she thought she could trust. And they basically, basically locked her in. And so for two years now, she has been trying to put out music and trying to do things. And she was unable to because they wouldn't let her get out of her contract. And it was like a bogus contract too. So she had to pay in her new contract 
um, I'm not even sure how much money it was, but it was, from my understanding, it was a substantial amount of money to get from up under the contract in order for her to release music. They weren't allowing her to release music. They weren't allowing her to do anything. She couldn't post anything on YouTube. Anytime she tried to post something, they would take it down or do whatever. And so it was actually, it's actually been really crazy. So I was actually just happy when I saw her starting to begin promoting her new music and just seeing that she was able to put out her CD. So I definitely went out and supported it just because knowing somebody struggle and just to put out music and do what they love and do what they enjoy. Um, it's just crazy. So definitely uh, check out um, Cash Doll new CD stacks. And also um, Wale had a new CD called Wow That's Crazy that came out. I need to listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet. It's actually on my playlist. It's in my queue. So, but I, everyone has told me that it's phenomenal. So I definitely plan to listen to that one as well. But I wanted to go in and highlight some music that I've been listening to just in case anybody wanted something new and fresh to listen to. So last week I was watching TV and I'm a big um, reality TV fan. I, I try I try not to watch too, too much because some of it can be kind of crazy, but I will watch some basketball wives has actually been one of my favorite uh, reality shows. And I've been watching that for, I think nine, eight or nine years now. So this season was actually one of my least favorite seasons. Um, it was really messy. It was really taxing at times where after the hour of watching it, I'm seeing her wondering, what did I just watch? Because it was just, you know, I thought it was a poor representation of uh, black women at times. And I, I don't like when uh, I feel like people put up a negative narrative, which is not always the case. And so what struck me this past episode, it was the reunions. This actually was the last episode, I think, of the season. And OG was one of the fellow castmates, and she is a darker-skinned woman. She's um, from Africa, I believe. And uh, she got in an argument with... Evelyn, who identifies as Afro-Latina, and also she spoke of uh, Shawnee. Shawnee is African-American as well, but she's a um, light-skinned woman. And so she spoke of how she felt that there was definitely a lot of colorism on the show this year, and how she felt that the group basically singled her out and ganged up on her due to the fact that she was dark-skinned. So she felt that the that this show this year had a lot of colorism issues. And I thought that this was an issue that um, is always something that we can definitely discuss. But I thought it was really good to discuss in regards to this because it's caused a lot of drama um, and not just drama, but a lot of issues where people are calling to cancel the show and how they felt that there maybe there is some colorism issues and um, a lot of issues on the other side. And then, you know, I personally, just me watching it, I think that the issue was that the girls feel like that OG was aggressive and she felt like that she wasn't any more aggressive than the other people. Or every time she spoke or she had something to say, she was, she didn't do it any more different than anybody else. But every time she did something, she was always a problem. So me watching it as a viewer, I don't personally think that there was a colorism issue. Um, I think some of the issues that each of them had was valid, but I also felt, and I was, and I was telling my partner when we were watching it together, I also felt that, um, you could tell that OG carries some level of hurt and not just from the cast. 
I think that she has some internalized hurt from the past and you can tell that she might've maybe been picked on or something. And that's, and that's personally what I felt straight off the gate when I watched it is that I felt that it might've been times somewhere up in her past that someone has spoken to her indifferently or treated her indifferently in regards to her color of her skin, or she maybe have been picked on or something in regards to the color of her skin because she felt very strongly about the fact that she felt that she was being bullied and discriminated against. So my thought of the week is centered around colorism. So in the United States, skin color serves as one of the more obvious criteria in determining how a person will be evaluated and judged. As, and it's not just a race thing because colorism can be found within one race. And, and I implore you to try to recall when you've experienced this. Discrimination based on skin color, also known as colorism or shadism, is a form of prejudice or discrimination usually from members of the same race in which people are treated differently based on the social implications from cultural meanings attached to skin color. And I want to spend some time discussing the beginnings of colorism in the black community. When blacks were stolen and forced into slavery, there was the creation of the lighter skinned mixed blacks as the slave owners were raping the slaves. And with this, you started to see division as these new, as these now mixed slaves had special treatment due to the fact that they were now some kin to the slave owner. And they were usually allowed inside the house with a lesser workload. And we all know that the dark skinned slaves were outside with harsher treatment. After slavery, you still saw the lighter skinned women and in present day, we usually like to use the term, they passed, in a sense. So they were more accepted and had more opportunities in society as far as education. They were able to um, get homes. They were able to build a family and a life a little more easier than their darker skinned counterparts. So this is where you started to see colorism inside of the black population as well. I think we have all heard of the paper bag test. So from the 1900s until about 1950, you saw paper bag parties in, in big cities where it was a large African-American population and, and many churches, fraternities and sororities, nightclubs, they used the paper bag principle as a test for entrance into these areas. I can recall personally for me growing up, I often heard conversation about skin tones often from my mom and I don't think that she's a colorist but I think that she had learned behaviors and views from how she was raised so at times you would hear these skin color driven comments when I was young I remember often you know joining in on kids being picked on and you know sharing laughs when I look back on this and what I know now as an adult I'm sure I ruined someone's childhood for sure um, which is very disgusting for me personally but you know adults are brutal um, I think also, you know, just being truthful, kids are probably the more brutal than anybody. Uh, I find myself now, if I ever hear a child picking on another kid due to their skin color, I'm always correcting as we're all beautiful, no matter your skin tone. As I was preparing for this podcast, I asked myself questions such as, will colorism ever be a forgotten thing? As you see this emergence in the black community of women being more free and embracing their natural face and natural hair. Here's my thoughts on this. I personally think today's society is an exciting time for blacks to embrace themselves. The keys to this is having more diversity on TV and movies. 
as you see now we see more of darker skin entertainers being more embraced such as Tika Sumter we have the Viola Davis and who are beautiful women and also one of the key things is having diversity in simple things such as natural dolls so your child can play with a toy that they identify with you also can see um, more diversity in books and, and music and this is something that I think that a lot of the color colorism issues stem from and not necessarily in present day but these are trickled down from views from before to where you never saw a darker skinned person on TV. You never saw a darker skinned doll. And then when you did see darker skinned dolls, they usually weren't as pretty as a lighter skinned doll or a white doll. And so that's how a lot of those views started to form because you saw blacks being non-accepting or unaccepting of their own color and their own and their own skin, skin tone. So I think a lot of the colorism issues starts at home and it trickles into society and the narrative of what beautiful is, is, is created. And so, you know, now you see more, like I stated, of the natural hair, you know, where women are cutting off their perm and they're, you know, rocking an afro or they're learning ways to style their natural hair and have a less chemicals in their hair. And I think that's beautiful. You know, me personally, I've been natural for about 15 years now. And I personally hated the grueling process of getting a perm. And I hated the narrative of this is what's going to make you beautiful. And for me, I always struggle with that. And with me coming into my idea of what I thought being a woman was, was because I was never comfortable um, with, with the narrative of I had to perm my hair. I had to do these certain things in order to be beautiful. So for me at a, at a younger age, you know, I personally wanted to define myself based on what I thought was beautiful and what I felt was me being comfortable. And so I always pride myself in being myself and, and starting with basically from the viewpoint of what I personally felt was beautiful to me and not based on what other people felt that I needed to look like or I needed to display in order to be a woman. I definitely think that colorism is a horrible reality in today's society because I often have conversations like these with people and especially with some of my darker skinned friends where they talked about, you know, being picked on when they were young and not knowing and not feeling that they were beautiful or knowing that they were beautiful because the attention was usually on the lighter skinned girls or, you know, the lighter skinned boys. And so they felt like that they weren't really accepted and people weren't really checking for them. And so it was always an insecurity built. And a lot of times when you see the colorism issues, it's from those insecurities. My sister, and we have the same same mother, same father, uh, she is lighter skinned than us. And because my grandmother married an uh, Indian and he's, Af he's American Indian, and so my dad was, my dad was brown. I'm brown. I'm pretty much the same complexion as my dad, but with my younger sister, she got more of the fairer skin. And so a lot of times, even with her, she was always beautiful. You know, our whole lives, she's still very beautiful now. 
but it was oftentimes that she had people pick on her or try to or try to start things with her due to them feeling that she felt that she was better or or that she felt that or they didn't like the fact that she was pretty and my sister you know is probably one of the most chillest people in the world and she's not one of those people that ever treat people poorly in regards to skin tone she married her husband and her husband is dark skin and he's a beautiful complexion and so but she was always you know she had certain people that would come at her when we were young in regards to in regards to her skin color just because and so I've seen in my life where there has been colorism issues and I never got any effects of it I can see where I might have affected someone else looking back on it as an adult where I might have shared a laugh when somebody was laughing at someone and those are things that now I, I realize were learned behaviors that I had to unlearn and also uh, behaviors that I know are not acceptable. And we have to continue that narrative of making sure that our children know that these things aren't acceptable, even if you are playing, you know, it's not, it's not funny. But I also think that the more we see beautiful tones, all tones, not just, you know, you only get the light skinned actress that's in the movies, you know, you get the brown, you get the brown and you get the darker skin blacks in in movies or on the or on the screen and so we can see all colors I think that will help and also not even just in the black community you see colorism also in other communities as well I'm just talking about the black community right now but you see it because you will you will see marketing and the way things were marketed was basically marketed around uh, whiteness and so a lot of times it made it seem like if you, if you don't look this way or, or this was the example of what beautiful is, you know, uh, it took, I feel like when I was in my twenties is when I started seeing, and, and honestly, I think this is my late twenties where I started seeing more dolls that was represent, that was representation, you know, proper representation, because a lot of times you would see black dolls and the dolls, you know, hair was more coarse on the, on the dolls where you could barely even brush the dolls opposed to the white counterpart of the same doll, you know, having different hair, you know? And so I think things like that is where colorism starts to stem from. And you start to have these jealousies that's created. You start to have these, uh, these narrative that's created but I do think that you're starting to see more of an embracing of all skin tones, especially especially when you look at models. Some of the most famous models right now have dark skin and they're beautiful and they get jobs and everything else. And I think the more that you see that and the more that you see inclusion, the more that colorism will kind of subside some. Do I think personally that it'll ever go away? I don't think so, but but it's a chance that it could maybe in the future for the next generation, but it's all about what's going to take place as far as like starting with conversations in your home and also, you know, not spreading the same narratives of having discrimination in that form. I also see sometimes that you see with, with, with colorism, I think colorism was kind of a form that was used to 
break apart and cause divisiveness inside of the black community. And then now you're starting to see um, that divisiveness being stemmed from other counterparts as far as like LGBTQIA community, where now that's, that's, you know, negative stigmas in the black community. And it's all of these are tools that's, that's put in those communities, I personally think, to cause divisiveness. That way it halts your greatness as a community because now you're fighting within your community in regards to things like this. And colorism is one of those main things because we're all dope in our own way and we're all dope regardless of what skin tone we have or what color we are. And so those are things that, you know, I like, I like to say when I'm speaking to my kids, because, you know, you're no better or any different than anybody else. And, you know, even with my kid, you know, he's brown, his sister is light and, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, because you're not any, you know, there's no difference. You're not any better. And and one person doesn't look better than the other. You know, they're both very beautiful kids. And I think it's important, you know, from the parent standpoint to always uplift your kids tell them that they're beautiful and tell them why do you think they're beautiful because I think it's important for people to hear that to get that ingrained in them that way if someone did try to come and tear them down in regards to their skin tone it'll be harder to tear somebody down that is being built up properly at home by upliftment and just celebrating them so I wanted to end today by just pointing out that Colorism is definitely toxicity that's been carried down from generation to generation. And it's unfortunate because, you know, when you look at statistics, the statistics really do show um, that it's very much prevalent and it's still prevalent. You have darker skin men and women. I think the statistics is that they're less likely to be married over someone that's light skin. You have uh, even with darker skin blacks opposed to lighter skinned blacks they have a higher likelihood of going to jail and spending more time than someone lighter skin as well as they have a lighter skin have a easier time with finding jobs they have an easier time with being accepted opposed to a, a darker skin counterpart and I think that's where a lot of the problems start from so when I think about do I think that these things will change you know it's got I think it's going to take time because it's not just one person that can change it. It's going to be something that will have to be intentionally changed over time. You know, you even see uh, darker skin, the statistics show that darker skin uh, actually get paid less than their lighter skin counterparts. And so that can cause issues in general. And I think that's where the toxicity has come from because that does cause issues and how people are viewed and how they view themselves. I I hope in time that that's something that we can move forward from and break the chains of the toxic behaviors and the toxic community uh, standards and ideals. So that's something that we have to keep grinding for and keep trying to do every single day. And that's, you know, what I say all the time on here that we have to spend more time loving each other and embracing each other and celebrating each other. And I would love to hear if you have any stories or feedback in regards to the colorism topic and, and what you think may be a solution, if any? Or do you think that colorism is something that is always going to be here and prevalent in future generations? 
So I'll definitely share if you have anything. Uh, you can always find me on my social medias. My Twitter is at IJMT Podcast. And my Instagram is it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And again, I thank you so much for listening today. I look forward to all the feedback. It's Mika here and I appreciate you. Mm-hmm.